cryptocurrencies, martial law in Ukraine, the dark side of Discord, surviving a pandemic, and more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 180 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. A lot to get to on today's show. A few callbacks, a few new things. Cryptocurrencies are going back up. So if you play that game, you're happy. Cardano back over a dollar at this point, which was one of the only Alt cryptos that I had a lot of faith in going quite a ways back. But as we've seen, since I really started watching this, it was right about 90 cents. And then it went up to about $3, dropped back down, I think, into the 70 cent range and now back over a dollar. But cryptos are an interesting thing right now. They're under attack from multiple sides. Of course, they may be being used by countries like Russia, say, to get around sanctions. And that is something that will be inherent to cryptocurrencies. If they are not under government control, then you can't keep any entity from using them, which is a reason why countries are starting more and more to regulate them i mean you could point to el salvador as one of the few countries that have made the bitcoin cryptocurrency into legal tender so it's possible this can go either way but for more authoritarian countries like china for instance they're going to want their own brand of crypto, their own rolled crypto. They're not going to want to get into the Bitcoin thing as their currency. United States, the same way. There's been a lot of talk of the United States coming out with their own digital dollar and regulating things like Bitcoin. So you have to be very careful in this market. And there was a guest, I don't remember his name. I apologize over on the podcasting 2.0 the podcast that adam curry and dave jones do about all of the new podcasting 2.0 stuff they had a guy on and they were talking about cryptocurrency and he said well this is a lot like if you and i are playing chess and all of a sudden the government comes in and adds a few more pieces and say the pieces move in different manners well we can st still go on our own way and keep playing chess the way we always have. So in one aspect of this, absolutely correct. If the United States government comes in and regulates Bitcoin, Bitcoin will still exist. Bitcoin will not disappear. Those who want to partake in the Bitcoin thing can still do so, but it may become a felony which I think changes the game entirely. Well, you could still do it. 
That's like saying, well, killing somebody in the Old West, yeah, well, that seemed like it was a fair fight. Boom, no problem. Well, now murder's illegal, and a lot less people are doing it. Well, maybe not now, thanks to the liberal DAs, but you know what I mean. Now that the law has changed, you can still do it, but the penalties will keep a lot of people from wanting to partake in the crypto experience if that happens. You can still put your funds into there. The question always becomes, though, how do you then convert those funds back to something that can be used legally in your country? Now, there can always be a subset of people that are willing to give and receive the outlawed cryptocurrency. But if it is made illegal, it's not as simple as saying, well, the government's changing the rules, but we could keep doing it. It's not that simple. Because if the government makes something illegal, then most people are going to jump off, which in the crypto market will mean that the prices will go down, down, down. So it's something to be aware of. Now, what's going on in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, not a whole lot different than what we've been talking about the last few weeks. Of course, there was a story that Zelensky, the leader of Ukraine, is using martial law to ban the main opposition party and others in a crackdown on division went out and made 10 different opposition parties including what seems to be the largest opposition party in the country with the stroke of a martial law pen has made it illegal to dare to go against the sitting government that doesn't sound like a democracy that we want to keep sending money over to fight for does it I mean, I feel bad for the people of Ukraine, and I feel bad for the people of Russia being involved in all of this. I mean, I feel bad for the people of the United States for having Joe Biden as president. But when President Zelensky uses martial law to ban the opposing political parties, I think that's a big question of why the rest of the world wants to step up and help What's going on there? Last year, you could say this is all fog of war, things going on to protect his country because of the Russian invasion, but it was last year before all of this stuff really hit the fan that Zelensky also shut down three television stations that were critical of his regime. So again, This begs some questions about who this guy is, who we're putting our trust behind, who we're putting our money behind. Everywhere you go, people want you to send money to Ukraine. And I don't know, I want more information. There was a deep fake Zelensky. So those of you who have been listening to this show, who have been listening to this show, know all about deep fakes. You know that you can no longer trust anything you see online. If that comes down to being a video or a photo, you know you can't believe anything you hear online. 
because that comes down to audio that can be edited or faked. And this is exactly what happened. Somebody put out a video which appeared to show President Zelensky of Ukraine saying he was ready to give up. He was giving up. This was it. The war was over. Everybody should put down their weapons, whatever it was. And no, it was a deep fake. So again, you have to question everything. You can't just believe that what you see online is true. The online environment is the wild, wild west. We talked on one of the last episodes about the 14 or 15-year-old girl who had a TikTok account who got a couple of stalkers. One of them showed up at their door with a shotgun, and the girl's father killed him. Well, that girl's TikTok page has disappeared. So maybe maybe they were listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. Maybe more sanity has occurred that it's not worth the danger that making a some money, I don't know how much money was actually being made, but the danger involved in being a young girl on the internet in general, TikTok in this case, amassing an audience of a million plus people following. I mean, it all sounds like a great idea. And if you're an adult and you make that decision, that's one thing. Kids being able to make that decision or understand the danger that is involved with that. Even idiots like me doing a podcast, it's like you can be targeted. I mean, I'm an adult, I'm a big guy, and I have guns. So, I mean, does that make me invincible? No, but I'm not exactly the target that an attractive young girl on TikTok is. Now, there was a story on CNN, which was an interesting one to me because it also goes along with what I've been harping on. The fact is, it is not just TikTok. It is not any one platform. And this was almost a carbon copy of the story that was written about the girl on TikTok. The headline on CNN, this came from their business outlet, it looks like, which is a little weird. But the dark side of Discord for teens. The article starts out when a mother in Washington state learned her teenage daughter was on Discord, a popular social media platform. She felt reasonably comfortable with the idea of her using it to communicate with members of her high school marching band. Okay. Again, the internet parents and anybody else concerned does not stop at any border. Any social media platform does not stop at any border. The article continues, in September, the mother discovered the 16-year-old was also using the audio and chat service to message with someone who appeared from his profile picture to be an older man. The stranger who said he lived in England entered a group chat that included her daughter and members of the band, according to the mother. They struck up a friendship in a private thread. He asked for nude pictures. Her daughter obliged. Now, this story is jumping pretty quick in a direction that I think there's a lot more details that need to be discussed in here. But again, the bottom line is your children are doing things on the Internet that you have no clue about. Blaming Discord for this 
is just like blaming TikTok or Facebook or Twitter. It is the open internet. Because of that, you, you get two choices. You get an open internet for adults that can decide to use however they want, or you have to get rid of it all because, oh my God, children may sign up for the service and use it in a way that was never intended or whatever. I mean, for illegal purposes, the story continues with the mother saying, I went through every chat they ever had, but the most disturbing thing beyond the nudes was that he asked her to send a picture of our house. The mother said the teen went to Zillow, found a picture and sent it to him. So, okay. At 16, are you this stupid? I just cannot comprehend this. I mean, you grow up in Washington, so of course, probably liberal, la la land, everything's beautiful, do whatever you want, accept everybody, everybody's good, don't question anything. The girl went on to Zillow and sent this strange guy a photo of their house. Then, He asked for a picture of her school bus. She sent one. Asked for pictures of her friends. She sent them. Are people, children at 16, this naive and this stupid in this landscape that we have where everybody is connected, everybody is using the internet? I just find it hard to believe that there is still this kind of ignorance of the dangers of the internet that. The kids are just that stupid. The the article continues, the mother worried the Discord user was manipulating, tracking, and planning to exploit her daughter. Hey, hey, no kidding. You picked up on that one, huh? The article continues, after shutting down her daughter's Discord account in effort, she said took six weeks for the company to complete. She installed outdoor security cameras around the home. The mother never reported the incident to Discord, and the conversations are no longer available to flag because the account was deleted. There's a lot of things we should have done in hindsight, she said. No kidding to that one as well. So you have a predator, we would assume, asking your daughter for illegal nude photos, pictures of your home, pictures of her school bus, pictures of her friends, but you don't report it. Again, great parenting here. Great parenting. I have to wonder, though, is this kid still allowed to have a phone, a device, to do whatever they want on the Internet? The article goes on to start talking about other social media platforms and the bill that we talked about, I believe it was in the last episode, which we all know is never going to do anything to stop what is going on on the Internet because you cannot stop it. The interesting thing was they talked about how Children are quite often using Discord while at school because, you know, the schools all want to be woke and they let the kids keep their phones during the day, which I can't comprehend this. This is also why I think our educational system is as bad as it is. I remember being in high school where I wasn't allowed to have a calculator on the desk most of the time because it was one of those programmable calculators that, you know, you could store little bits of text and stuff. And it was a great way if you wanted to have a cheat sheet right there in an electronic form. 
it was able to be done. So I can't understand how children are allowed to have their phones in their hands while they are at school in a classroom. That is just absolutely insane. You wonder why the children aren't learning anything, and you understand exactly how people from all around the world then are able to get into contact with your children, even when they're sitting in school, because these devices are constantly in their hand. And there's a bunch of these stories in the article about things that happen to kids, bad things on the platform of Discord, Snapchat, Instagram, all this kind of stuff. And it should really be no surprise especially when you start getting into things like discord which allow for video and audio chats these are things again they're a lot harder to track down than just plain text messages it's harder to do searches if you think that your children are safe not so much they also talk about the exact fact that we did which is there are companies like discord who say, I believe on their platform, it was a minimum age of 13 years old or older yet, 13 years or older. But, you know, the problem is kids lie or their parents sign them up for an account and then nobody pays any attention to it. So this is yet another story that we told you about long before the mainstream media did. It's good that the mainstream media is catching on to this. But the line in the CNN business article that really, really said it all to me was, quote, but problems persist. Many of the parents CNN spoke with said they believe Discord is not doing enough to protect its young users. Hey, parents, it's your job. It is your job to protect your children, not Discord's job. It's your job. The CNN business folks did find one sane parent to quote for this article. His name is Stefan Codicini. He is a professional video game developer. And he says, quote, I know Discord can be problematic, but it's important for me as a parent not to simply prohibit these things because of the dangers, but teach my kids how to navigate them and balance limiting it. To my knowledge, I've never had an issue with any of my boys. Absolutely the right thing. Absolutely the sane thing. Because you understand as a parent that there are bad things on the internet and you cannot rely on Meta, on Discord, on Twitter to keep your child safe. You know most likely if you're a bad parent, that they're just going to ignore you anyway. So you really have to be a good parent and explain to them the dangers, explain to them what people are going to be trying to do to them if they find them online, how to recognize people that are asking for bad things, and then how to report them or how to avoid them, block them, and not have to worry about falling victim. I mean, anybody that believes that those that are in charge of social media networks are there to do what's right for you, your children, and the world, you have to remember you're talking about 
companies that are shutting down independent voices for saying evil, hateful things that they don't like. Like men and women are different when it comes to sports. There is a reporter named Savannah Hernandez who had already been banned for Twitter for her coverage of the BLM Antifa riots. It seems she started a new Twitter account for her podcast, which in this case was producing content interviewing female swimmers at the NCAA level about the trans issue with most of them, it appears, anti-allowing trans male to females into the sport because of the competition issue, being that men are a lot stronger than women and thus are making a mockery of the sport. So she was doing some interesting reporting, I think. And this isn't hateful just to say, hey, I don't think this is right. This is the problem with the social media. It's like, oh, no, you say anything that's even remotely. Oh, no, that's hateful. You don't believe that trans men to women should be involved in women's sports. Well, then you're hateful. That's evil. You must be shut down. You cannot even have your voices heard. Except, again, this wasn't just one person. This is one person talking to women that were involved in the sport of swimming at the collegiate level. So I guess the voices of women are no longer important. The voices of women are not important. Only the voice of trans is important. That's all. Nothing else. Everything else needs to be shut down. These people will not help you. They will not help your children. Social media is a cesspool. In an Instagram post, Ms. Hernandez posted, my message to the LGBTQ community, to the Democrats, to the WEF, to Dr. Fauci, to the abortion industry, to the climate change activists, to the COVID cultists, I will never, ever stop exposing you. And no matter how hard you try, I will continue to elevate the voices in this country that the media tries to silence. To big tech, we won't let you win. It's a nice sentiment. I don't know how you beat big tech. They have so much control that it's hard to fathom. And it's even crazier to start going, well, then we need the government to get involved because they already have way too much control. We're kind of sitting in a no-win situation where you have to pick the lesser of evils and there doesn't seem to be any good choice. You can get off of social media entirely, but then some people feel like they're being left out or they're missing something. I mean, the fear of missing out is a big thing in today's society. I don't know exactly how you deal with it. Now, you have to look at things in perspective, just as a quick side note, when it comes to the trans community, there've been stories coming out of Ukraine that those who are arriving at the border that have been trans from men to women are being sent right back saying, no, you're not a woman, go fight, you're a man. Because, again, every man 18 to 60 has been ordered to stay by Zelensky to take up arms and fight for the country. Again, not exactly the most freedom-loving country, right? You have to stay. You have to fight. 
Zelensky shutting down opposition television stations, Zelensky making it illegal under martial law to have an opposition party to his party that's in control. Again, you always have to ask yourself, who are we backing in this conflict? Who are we backing in any conflict? And should we be? It's never a simple situation of right versus wrong, or maybe very, very, very rarely. In this case, it seems like there is a lot to unpack. And when it comes to getting fair news coverage, accurate news coverage, you need to go to multiple sources. There is not any one news source that I can point to and say I believe them 100%. Even sources that I believe a vast majority of the time I found inaccuracies. I found reports that go, well, no, that's not exactly right. The data seems to show something else. So you need to be able to go out, find your own data, and form your own opinions, which is the best thing you can possibly do is learn how to be a critical thinker, learn how to spot the BS. You're not always going to be right. Deep fakes are making it a lot harder to know what's reality and what's not. But with a good BS detector, you can go a long, long way. Now, I was watching one of my favorite podcasts the other day, the Bandrew Says podcast, and he did a segment about how he survived the last two years under COVID insanity now that it's been two years to flatten the curve. Well, I mean, the two-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve. And since I'm talking about Bandrew Says, I'll say, I am on the Sure SM7B, just so he knows. And I thought about it, and the reality is, for me, the last two years are not a whole lot different than the two years before. So things don't seem all that different to me. For some people, I get it. You are living in a completely different reality. For those who have started working from home and never been able to go back into the office, as Bandrew said was the case with him, and I know there are a lot of people who started doing the remote learning for school, which most are back now, but spent a lot of time at home because of that. Again, not going into the office, not having to commute. The restaurants were closed for a while, but that was the biggest change for me was that pre-COVID, the wife and I would probably be out to eat maybe once or twice a week on average, usually not much more than that. But that has turned into zero times a week, which is fine because I can actually cook and I don't mind. It's not like I feel like I'm missing anything. One of the major differences, I guess, though, has been the way we shop for groceries, which used to be a weekly trip to the store for a while, just a couple months under COVID. We went the delivery route, which was great. I mean, if you can afford paying a little bit more for the groceries, which today, thanks to Joe Biden, most people can't, but that was nice. They have the groceries just brought to the doorstep, but the pickup service offered by most of the grocery stores around here for free, where you just have to go online, tell them what you want, and then just go pick them up. They'll put the groceries in your trunk for you. 
that's something that I don't think we're ever going back from. As long as those services are out there, especially when they're free, it is such a time savings that I don't know why we would ever go back. So this is actually a plus from COVID rather than having to go into the grocery store and walk aisle after aisle. You just go online and you click a few buttons. And for the things that you have purchased previously, it's even easier. It's just like, oh, do you want to buy that again? Boom, boom, boom. You'll be done with your shopping in about five minutes. It's no doubt a time savings. So that is a plus. When the whole COVID thing started, my wife's company did shut down briefly, but that only lasted about a month or so. And then she was back going to work five days a week and I was home doing podcasts and the world went back to being more or less normal. So maybe we're lucky in that aspect. She never got sick. I never got sick. So I guess we were lucky there. And as a side note, with that, I've covered the Johnson & Johnson shot here because that is what I received and had been following the data on that. And while it was poo-pooed by a lot of the mainstream media as not being as good, some of the latest longer-term studies that have been looking at this seem to show that the Johnson & Johnson shot holds up even the one-shot version really well when you compare it to the mRNA vaccines, especially when you start looking at the fact that there are way more side effects with the mRNA vaccinations and a lot less side effects with the Johnson & Johnson. Even though most people, if you're watching the mainstream media, you would believe that it was exactly the opposite. Now, there were some very serious side effects with the Johnson & Johnson shot, mainly women, childbearing age, with blood clots, but the amount of those, it was like 11 per million or something like that, where the mRNA, for instance, with the myocarditis in younger males, especially, was like 11 per 100,000. So you have to be able to know how to read the data. You have to understand that there are people who don't know what they're talking about in the media, that they don't know how to read data that there is a lot of speculation, people rushing to get stories out there without vetting all or having all of the information, either way, vetting or having. And again, this is where having a good BS meter really helps out. But otherwise, for two years, been watching a lot of older television series. Thanks to Bandrew, one of those was Veronica Mars, which I thought was really enjoyable. And now we've started back into Kiefer Sutherland's 24, have watched the first season of that again, and my God, we need some more guys like Jack Bauer. It's a very well-written show. If you've never seen 24, it is highly recommended, it is action-packed, and it is not woke, pushing one particular agenda. I think it takes a better look at the world than a lot of television shows ever have the reality of the dangers that are out there and the kind of things that have to be done behind the scenes for you and I to feel safe or maybe we feel safe and that we really shouldn't but it's a show that I would highly recommend people check out and you know unless you're worried about the end of the world we just started the second season of 24 and it's about 
a nuclear device being planted in Los Angeles that's about to go off. So, I mean, hey, with the current climate in Russia and Biden and a bunch of uh, crazy stuff going on where some people feel the nuclear apocalypse is coming, I don't know. I guess it all depends on how you like your escapism. Maybe you should go and watch Friends or The Office or something like that and just avoid anything with nuclear bombs. It all depends. What makes you calm? Some people watching the impending doom of the world, maybe that's calming for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just strange, and maybe I'm just rambling by this point, but it's okay because this show is called Random Thoughts, and some of the thoughts are a little more random than others. But we do work on the value-for-value model here, which means if you get anything out of these shows, it's up to you to put a number on it, put some value on it, get it back to us. Is this show worth a buck or two? Is it worth a Starbucks latte? Is it worth a vinyl record? Is it worth a brand new DeLorean? I don't know. That's all up to you. Put a number on it. Go to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. Click the donate button. That'll take you to PayPal for a one-time or monthly donation. Use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to go the crypto route. And you can use the snail mail address if you want to help Uncle Sam a little bit. And if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 app right now, you can boost us. You can stream us some sats and all that good stuff. And you can find out more about all of that at newpodcastapps.com. We do have one producer to thank for today. It's a monthly donation, and it is very much appreciated from Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, the MVP of this episode and the other shows that I do because Sir Sean has been putting his money behind all of the podcasts that he's been listening to and your support sir is very much appreciated we highly recommend everybody take part in the value for value model and any amount helps out especially when you're coming in on a monthly donation for us to keep the servers running the microphone sounding good i mean today I'm even using an Aphex 204 that is an oral exciter with big bottom for even better sound. Always fun to play with the audio gear, and we appreciate the people that support the show and those that just are giving us their time to listen. I know there's a lot of things you can be listening to out there. Hopefully, this show gives you something to ponder, to make you think. Hopefully, you hear something that you haven't heard before. Hopefully we make you laugh. If we can do any of those, then we have done our job. With that said, I will be back next week on Wednesday with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 